Welcome to the Voices of Young People podcast, brought to you by Springtide Research Institute. In each episode, we hear directly from young people as they respond to our research and share about the issues impacting their lives. As sociologists and researchers, we see a new story unfolding for young people, one that moves beyond traditional institutional boundaries and requires careful attention to the inner and outer lives of emerging generations. At the intersection of being and becoming, it's the Voices of Young People. Hi. My name is Nabil Tueme, and I'm a sociologist and associate researcher at Springtide. I'm your special guest host for the season, season six of the Voices of Young People podcast. And I'm so honored to be hosting the season because we are specifically listening to stories from Latinx young people as they share their own religious perspectives. This special series is offered alongside the State of Religion in Young People 2021, Navigating Uncertainty, and offers a sneak peek into the research that we at Springtide have been doing alongside Latinx youth and young adults. A note about our terminology in this podcast. Throughout the season, you'll hear us use the terms Latino, Latinx, and Latine interchangeably. These are all terms that have been used to describe people of Latin American descent, though some of the terms are contested. Here at Springtide, we're committed to using the terms that reflect young people's values and the ones that they themselves prefer. In this episode, we are going to hear from Gabby, who is 24 years old. Gabby is Catholic, she's Latina, and she's a PhD student. Gabby grew up going to Spanish language masses with her mom, which was really special for her because, well, it's their native language and she doesn't have to translate for her mom, which means that they can spend more time enjoying and learning from and discussing the experience together. Gabby's away from home while she is doing her graduate studies, but she still goes to mass with a friend from school. In this episode, we talk about Latina moms, drinking champurrado after mass, La Virgen de Guadalupe, and so much more. Here's Gabby with her story. Hi everyone, my name is Gabby. I use the pronouns she, her, ella. Um, I am 24 years old and I live in Merced, California, an hour from Fresno. Um, I am a first generation Latina graduate student. And so I was thinking about the question for fun, like things that I do for fun and I was having a hard time because with COVID it's really hard to kind of think about what you like to do for fun. But I do enjoy going to different types of festivals um, from like music to coffee, um, to any festivals that pop up within the, my city. I'd like to go and just kind of check those out. Oh, that sounds really fun. I miss doing that stuff. Yeah, with, with it, the, of course. <laughs> yeah, right, 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 of course. Um, and when you have time from grad school, that takes up so much time. Shout yeah. out to, uh, to, to first-gen Latinas out there in grad school. Yes. Doing the thing. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Okay, Gabby. So, you know, for some people, and, and I kind of hinted at this before, like Latinidad and religion or spirituality can intersect. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm wondering what, it's like for you, how do you experience that? Yeah. So, um, growing up, the religion has already like already been put so much like effort into me, for example, you know, being baptized, your first communion, it's not something that it's decided upon, right. You just kind of do it because your parents tell you to do it. Um, luckily I did enjoy the religion. So it wasn't an extra thing on me. It was something that I did enjoy doing growing up. Um, so I'm, I identify, well, I go to the Catholic church, 
um, but I do not go to the English speaking church. I go to the Spanish one. Um, it just kind of connects more with my roots and what my family stands for. And also the message is a little different because I have attended both to kind of see the difference, to see what I like since now, um, you know, I am more fluent in English than I am in Spanish just because I've been away from my house for so long. Um, but still, there's something connected to the Spanish speaking church, specifically the Catholic church. So what you said really resonates with me because I'm in a place where there really aren't that many Spanish masses. But when I go visit my family, like in Mexico, and I go to mass, it's obviously in Spanish. Mm-hmm. It, it hits different. So I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit more about what that is. Like, what about it do, makes you feel so connected in, and connected to what or to whom? Yeah. So it's more like just the environment first, right? When you walk in, you see all these families sitting together. Um, you see like different age groups or like even generational groups, right? Cause I'll see like a grandma and then like a mom and then like maybe uh, a dad and the kids. Um, and it's just also, there's a lot of women in there as well. Um, so I'm really connected when what just walking in and just feel comfortable seeing that there's people like you speaking the same language. Um, no one like trying to ex- translate in English that I have a hard time, like going to places and having to translate things. I mean, I don't mind translating. I've done it my whole life, but just kind of having this space that I don't have to translate um, is amazing. Um, and then I also do feel connected with the, the priest as well, because they themselves kind of stay with modern times, right, to remain relevant. Um, And they connect things that not only resonates with my mom, but also resonates with myself in different age group, right? Because like my mom is much older than I am. Um, And he kind of speaks to the younger crowd and then also to the older crowd and kind of mixes it in and tries to help people like navigate those relationships since there's so much like going on and a lot of changes going on. And he even like speaks to parents and lets them know, like, you need to be more open with your kids. You need to do this. And I'm like, yes, yes. yes." (laughs) Um, And then we've seen like, you know, um, right now we're doing like breaking generational curses or whatever it might be. And they kind of like, like allowed for those conversations to happen. For example, my mom will ask me like, what is he talking about? And then I'll go home and explain like, oh, I think this is how I took it. Mm-hmm. Um, we kind of have like those conversations that I've thought of having with my mom, but kind of forget. And then when I go to church on Sundays, he reminds me and I'm like, oh yeah, that's what I've been meaning to tell my mom. Um, so it's just a lot like being comfortable in church and also, and just an extra benefit when you walk out of church and they're selling snacks. They sell <laughs> Um, champurado and I just feel at, at home right and you don't have to wait for Christmas um, you don't have to wait for like the holidays to get your favorite snacks they sell them right there outside the church um, so oh my yeah. gosh that brings up so many good memories because I like I grew up in California um, up until the time I was eight um, and I've been living on the east coast since I was 18 um, in a few different states but that doesn't happen here. So like, I just remember being able to go outside of church and get esquites, you know, like the corn in a cup with the queso and the chile. It was such a nice little treat after church. That's how how my mom used to convince us to go with her. She'd be like, I will buy you tacos or I will buy you um, rastado. And I'd be like, heck yeah. Yeah. So she got me there. (laughs) 
<laughs> it's smart. I'm not going to lie. I think it's a smart move. <laughs> Who could resist uh, some yeah. of those? Who, it's just an hour of my time and I get to miss it. Yes. <laughs> exactly. That's so funny. So your mom, you mentioned going with your mom mm-hmm. and the masses in Spanish. D- have you ever gone to an English speaking mass with your mom? No, I've never gone with an English speaking mom only because I would have to like translate. Yeah. Uh, she would just feel uncomfortable. Um, and I don't like to make my mom feel uncomfortable. So we just go to the Spanish one. And it's also uh, better because um, they do it in the evening. Well, my mom used to work like in the mornings. So they offered one at, in the evening at 6 p.m. in Spanish. So that worked out perfectly. You could see like a lot of people came from work and it's just like being open to that. So it was just like better to go for us. It was more convenient. Yeah, that's great. That's great. I'm so glad you had that that time and that space um, available to you. So you're not at home right now, right? You're in grad school. So are you going to church by yourself? Yeah. So um, I started going because I'm um, going again. So it was like a little buffer that I had. Um, I went to college. I went to school in Santa Barbara. So I was away from home. Wasn't really there on Sundays. So I stopped going to church for a while. Um, and then I did my master's. I would go once in a while with my mom. But now that I'm a l- completely alone in Merced, um, I go visit my friend in Sacramento. And I actually go to church with her and her family. Um, and oh. it's also Spanish speaking. I just feel more comfortable going with them. I don't feel comfortable in Merced just yet. Um, I don't know my way around and where the church is or where the community is or the Spanish speaking. So I just kind of go with my friend and I have like free on Sunday. So I just drive up um, to go with her sometimes. Oh, that's so great. Yeah. So um, you mentioned um, that you had stopped going to church for a while. Um, was was that just because of college or was there a time in your life where um, where you didn't go as often? Yeah, I would say, well, I would say when my when my dad first left us, um, we would go to church a lot. My mom kind of made it a thing that she just wanted to go to church. She felt that, um, we needed it. So we would go pretty often then, but then when I went to college, um, I was completely away and, um, I had, I would have to come for the weekend and I would have to leave Sundays. So I didn't have time to go to church. There was a few times that my mom would ask me to stay and then I would just stay. She would just drive me up after. So I did go once in a while. It wasn't because I didn't want to, it was just more of the time. Um, but, and then also, I don't know, like maybe it was me. Now that I'm thinking about it, maybe it was me. Um, <laughs> I was just kind of like over the church. Um, I was kind of tired. I kind of felt like it was repetitive at some point. Um, and my church specifically here in LA, um, it was getting very like, there's a lot of like changes going on with the church itself. Like physically, there was like technology coming around. There was like extra noise in the background it just didn't feel as genuine as it once did before because now it's just becoming more like tech savvy and they were just trying to like I don't know like I guess keep the church up to date that I kind of took away a little bit from the message and a little bit of this because there were so many distractions around um and like little kids would try to like look at tv or try to touch it and things like that and me, I'm, I get very like distracted very, very easily. So I would kind of like be looking around. So to me, I'm like, oh, I just wasted an hour because I didn't even pay attention. <laughs> yeah. So, and also because of the time um, I would have to stay in an extra day and then I would get back to Santa Barbara super tired and I wouldn't have time for homework or anything. So it almost sounds like it, it wasn't that you had maybe a moment. Well, maybe there was a little bit of um, 
of separate separating yourself um, willingly, but it almost sounds like there was just kind of logistical barriers in the way the yeah. go, undergoing uh, reconstruction or, you know, new technology and also just being far away from home. Yeah. And then also like when you're in college, like, a lot of uh, my friends weren't really religious themselves. So it was kind of like a taboo. Like you don't really talk about it with your family. I mean, we started with your friends. Um, I would talk about it with my family all the time, right? When I'm talking to my mom and I would like, oh, I applied to this and she'd be like, oh, primero Dios or things like that. But with my friends, that was like nothing we would ever even mention. We would just, she would be like, my friends would tell me like, oh, you know, just work extra hard. You're going to get it or good luck, this, this and that. But it was never like we added that um, religious little component to it where it says primero Dios or or like things like that, that was never really said with my friends. Um, so it just kind of became not part of my everyday like language as it used to at home. Um, like, you know, when you're eating together, you know, things like that, like it just became very different. So um, it just wasn't part of um, my daily routine at that point or even my weekly routine anymore. Yes, yes, absolutely. I hear that. Um, and just for our non-Spanish speakers, um, primero Dios means first, first God. Mm-hmm. And vaya con la virgencita means go with the virgin, um, which is also kind of an interesting um, figure, a complicated figure, a powerful figure um, for Latinos. Mm-hmm. Um, is, is la virgen someone you connect with? Yeah. So the virgencita, well, I name her la virgencita. Um, my family is something that we really connected to her mostly. Um, I live in a family of just women. So um, we really do connect with her. And we really, when we speak to our religious like saints or uh, things like that, we just kind of focus more on her and give her the energy that we don't want to be reciprocated. Um, so we really, yeah, do resonate with the Virgencita. Why do you think, so you mentioned that being an all woman family is part of the reason why you're connected to La Virgencita. Why do you think, Latinos feel so connected with her, um, even now and, and even in the United States. Yeah. So she like, I guess everyone has their different interpretation of it. Um, but what I see is that she was kind of put into this position that she didn't choose, um, and kind of went with it. Right. Um, and she did not fight it or anything, rather she accepted it. Um, and she kind of accepts anything, anything coming her way or the way we see it. So we, a lot of us resonate with her because we're put into positions that we didn't choose or um, is kind of required of us. And we go with her because she's accepting it all. Um, something was imposed on her and she was willingly accepting, right? Um, so they kind of feel like, oh, she's someone that we can go to. And also she's considered pure um, and innocent. Um, and then someone who has been going through things will go to her and be like, accept what's going on in my life and kind of ask for forgiveness or certain type of way or energy from her. That's wonderful. Just a quick break to thank the donors who make this podcast possible. Springtide Research Institute is supported by donors who believe in the critical research and insight generating work we do on behalf of young people. You too can help sustain the work of Springtide so that resources like this podcast series can be made alongside our research reports. Your one-time and ongoing gifts allow us to continue our mission to equip those who care about young people to care better. Visit springtideresearch.org today, where you can make your own tax-deductible donation with a variety of giving options. 
Now back to the episode. What do you think you get from your religion that you don't get anywhere else? Hmm. That's a really good question. Um, I feel when I go to like, when I, well, I also, I've always prayed by myself. Um, I don't, I never feel like I have to go to church for me to pray. Um, my mom has always taught, like taught us that if you don't have time or, um, you don't, you know, something is coming up and you can't go to church physically or with COVID, right? We didn't go to church for a long time. Um, we could practice on your own. Um, you could pray on your own. So every time I would, I would just kind of, you know, pray for my sisters, pray for my family. Since I was away from home, it kind of made me feel connected to them. Um, cause I knew as I was doing it, they were doing it as well. So, and we, you know, it's not something that my mom would call me and be like, did you pray today? No, it was just something that we just knew I did. And I knew they did. And we prayed for each other. So that kind of brought me peace. It brought me like, just to feel like their love, even though we're not even the same place. Um, I just felt that peace of home with me, Mm -hmm. uh, which is so interesting because now that I talk to my friends, those same friends, they're actually, um, religious as well. And we just didn't talk about it in college. Like that one friend, um, we didn't talk about it in college. And now that we're older, I go to church with her family and I'm like, why didn't you tell me about this before? And she was like, I don't know. So we just didn't really bring it up, but we all did it on our own, which is so interesting. And, um, she's also Latina. So I'm like, this is so funny. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, I don't know. To me, it's always brought me like peace. Um, it's brought me like warmth, um, being connected to home. And I don't know, it's just really nice. That's great. And do you connect with the church community? How important, how important is that to connect with the church community? So I, we were connected at first, um, but knowing that my mom was um, a single parent, they kind of like looked at her a little differently. Um, my mom didn't like it. I didn't like it as well because you could just feel the energy sometimes or the way that they look at you, because, you know, I, like I mentioned before, you see these families come in as a complete, I want to say a complete, right? Quote unquote, complete, um, as the mother and the father and the kids and the grandma, um, and us being considered, um, or being looked upon as the non-traditional family. Um, we always got like some sort of like, oh, let's go sit over there or let's go sit here. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think once we started kind of like seeing that, we just were like, you know what? Like we don't need to be connected to the community itself. So it really is just connected to the church itself um, and the saints and everything we, we believe for, not really the community, um, especially now that we go to different churches too. Well, I do myself. Um, there's not one church that I'm like, this is my church. Okay, great. Um, great. Thank you. Um, well, Gabby, can you tell me about a time you felt an abundance of faith or you felt really deeply connected to um, your center of, of meaning? Yeah. Um, I would say this was actually recently. Um, I myself, um, like I mentioned, I moved to Merced and I just kind of felt alone and I'm, I am completely alone there. And then I went to visit my friend for the first time in Sacramento and she invited me to go to her church with her family. And I went in that time, um, it was also in Spanish. So everything was in Spanish. Everyone there was like super connected with each other. Um, her family goes every Sunday and just the, like, I don't know if it was just the message that the um, priest gave that day, but it really connected with me. Um, he's, he mentioned that we could see the world, how you want to see it in different ways. For example, like he's specifically explained like road rage and how people get really like, they have like complete road rage. 
um, and that people start cursing at like, oh, you know, you're the terrible driver, you're this and that. And he explained how you could just see, like you could just pray for the person and, and say, I hope he learns or I hope this individual learns how to drive better or I hope they drive safely or they, I hope they get to their destination, destination safely. And that just really like, really like changed me. And I was like, whoa, like I felt like deeply connected to that message because you do choose the narrative you get to live. Um, and at that time I was like thinking, I'm like, whoa, like this, like this took me back to when I was like growing up at that time, since I, that was my first time again. Um, and I realized I'm like, you know, I kind of want to come every Sunday if I have the time to come, like, why not? Um, and that was one of the moments, but something else that completely changed was like with the Virgencita, um, like I mentioned, my mom has always like believed in her and, and instilled it in, on us as well. And um, there was this time that we went for her birthday and just kind of being there at that time and seeing that so many people believe in her. So like on December, we go for her birthday and you can see all these people believe in her. You just kind of feel like you're just not alone. Um, and you just feel connected not only to the Virgencita, but to the like the Latina, like Latino community. You're just there and you're like, whoa, like these are people I've never seen before. And they might not have come to church every Sunday, but they still have this Virgencita that they believe in. Um, and I mean, it's normal that not everyone goes every Sunday, but just seeing them all show up on their birthday. I know some people don't like it because they're like, they're not believers like us, but I'm like, they made the energy to come for this birthday. And as you know, in Latino community, we love birthdays. We love to celebrate birthdays and just seeing everyone there um, really kind of resonates. Like, you know, you're really not alone, even though people like talking about religion and other places is not accepted, but kind of seeing everyone there, you're just like, oh, this is nice. Like, this is real. Like the love is like real for her. Um, so yeah, I would say that. Oh, I love that. That's wonderful. Um, what about, so, well, first of all, let me just say, love those experiences. It sounds like going back to church was, and the message you heard was empowering. Yeah. Um, which is amazing especially, you know, in the times we're living in right now, it's, it's easy to feel hopeless. It's easy to feel helpless. Um, and so to be, to feel empowered is, it just makes such a big difference. Um, I'm wondering about a time where you felt maybe a scarcity, um, not a faith, but maybe, you know, you felt like that spiritual or religious well was empty or, or shallow. Yeah. I would say like when I, everything has to go to like reset, I swear. It's <laughs> um, <laughs> tied to it, like starting the start of grad school, really. Yeah, um, of course. It's a big milestone. Yeah, it's like huge. And um, you don't have that support system like physically there anymore. Like I used so for my master's, I actually had my family because I was, was commuting. But then for my PhD, like I completely moved. Um, so that I think that's when I kind of felt the need to go myself physically to church. Um, I kind of felt like not alone, but it felt empty. Mm. Like it felt like I kind of needed something that connected me back to my roots. Mm. Um, I was just so into school, right? Like you're just going to school, 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 school. Um, you're reading and you're just kind of like, I'm tired. Like I want to do something different, something. So then I started looking back into the things that I used to do and I enjoyed doing. Um, and that's what kind of drew me to kind of go back to church. And like, when my friend invited me, I was like, whoa, 
I was like, that's crazy. Cause I was just thinking about going to church, even if it was going to go by myself. Um, so I went with her and that's when I was like, oh, this is, this is what I was looking for. Um, and I was even talking to my mom. Um, I haven't done my confirmation, but after feeling alone for a bit, I was thinking like, oh, maybe I will do my confirmation after all. Um, my mom has always told us that, um, she pushed like the baptism and first communion on us. But when it came to confirmation, um, she didn't because she said that was a time that we get to decide whether we would want to be Catholic and whether we would not want to be Catholic or just go to the church without, you know, having that confirmed your religion. Um, so I was telling my mom like, oh no, I think I actually want to do it. And she was like, really? She's like, that's awesome. Like she never wanted to push that on us. It was just more of like, when you find it, you find it if you do. And Mm. if you don't, well, that's fine too. Um, so kind of like when I felt alone and having gone, it kind of closed that in for me. Like, yes, I do want to possibly like do my confirmation here. Um, so I guess I felt like empty at that point when I just kind of didn't have my family. Um, at least when called like my undergrad, I had my friends all, all together, right? Like everywhere I could just walk to their place. Um, um, even though we didn't talk about religion or anything, but then being completely alone, I just kind of had to like think back what do I miss about myself that I used to do back home or what kind of pieces of my routine back home can I implement now that made me feel like whole or make me feel a little like home, I guess. I, I have it with me. Hmm, that's great. So there was a time where you, where, you know, you felt empty, but it actually led to an abundance. Yeah. Which is great. That's, that's so great. Yeah, I would even say that um, on my own, like I would never go out of my way to buy a candle with like the Virgencita on it. And now to make me feel more at home and make me feel like a little more at peace, I go to like go buy one. And like, I always have one on in my house um, in Merced. So it's like kind of nice to kind of like have that little feeling, even though if I don't have time for church, I still have that. And I'm like, I still feel it in a way. So I want to open up the floor and ask you, what else should people know about religion, spirituality, young people, Latinos, any of this stuff, all of this stuff, et cetera? Um, I would say it's okay to like venture out. Um, like I mentioned, like my mom kind of gave us the opportunity to, or I guess allowed us the um, the freedom to kind of choose what religion we wanted towards the end that she was kind of like, if you want to do a confirmation, go for it. Don't not forcing that on you. Um, but it's okay to step away for a bit to realize or to see if that's something you do want to pursue or to see if you are, you know, religious or some, some sort of like spirituality that you might carry with yourself or might to form like it's never to I feel like it's never too late to walk away but it's also never too late to start it to restart or even rebuild or even to even start again whether you want to pursue a new religion um that isn't talked about in your family um and you could even bring in those practices with your like with your parents and like kind of slowly bring it in like oh I've been pursuing this I've been doing that only just to like make sure you're putting yourself first um I feel like I needed that even though I would you know, I wouldn't go to church during college. And I think that did me very well because I feel like I would have maybe been like, I don't want to say tired of it, but I would have been like suffocated. Like, oh, I have to go on Sunday or I have to go this. Now it's just that I genuinely want to go on Sunday. It's not that I'm forced. It's not that my mom is holding me by the arm and forcing me to pay attention. It's like, I genuinely want to be there. Um, And I feel like that's what 
a lot of us are kind of need, like just having that freedom of you get to choose of what you want to do, um, when you want to do it. You don't have to go to church physically to feel some sort of spirituality or religion. It could really be done anywhere um, if you choose to do it. Um, it's always that if you choose to do it right, it's always on yourself. You don't, it's really comes from you. Um, and all of this came from myself that I was like, oh, I'm venturing out. I want to do this. Um, yeah, my friend invited me, but I was the one who accepted. I could have easily said no. <laughs> um, right. Yeah. So there's a lot of things that I'm like, yeah, I'm glad this wasn't like forced upon me. Maybe it was growing up. But then when I stepped away for a bit due to some, you know, barriers, um, I found myself back to it. And I, and it's now brought me like, like, like nice little like home, or I just feel like this faith, right? Like it just makes me happy. Mm, I love that. Gabby, this has been so wonderful talking with you today. T thank you so much for um, opening up and sharing your experiences um, with me and in the springtime. Of course. Yeah, no, thank you for the questions. I don't really talk about this usually. So this was great to have this space um, to talk about this because again, we don't really talk about it with our friends and maybe with their parents and there's, they might be rolling our, their eyes at us like, I told you, but <laughs> I don't like to talk about it with her either, right? So I'm like, ah. <laughs> That's so good. Well, thanks again, Gabby. Visit springtideresearch.org to hear more voices of young people and to download our latest report, The State of Religion and Young People 2021, Navigating Uncertainty. Thanks to a very generous donation, the digital version of this report is free to download. Springtide Research Institute is supported by donors who believe in the critical research and insight generating work we do on behalf of young people. Make your own tax deductible donation with a variety of giving options on our website today. Today's show was produced by Nabil Tweme, Marta Abuaji, and TJ Birnbaum, with original music by high school student Christian Unthank. Special thanks to the five guests featured in season six. Latinx Voices with the State of Religion and Young People 2021, and to all the young people whose perspectives and insights make our research possible. Follow us on social media at We Are Springtide and interact with a variety of resources connected to the 2021 report with the hashtag Religion and Young People 2021. Thanks for listening.